greetings. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and I'm here today with a Christ, any ordinary sister. Terry is an amazing woman of God. I met her in Texas at the Christian Women and Media Conference, had some coffee with her and was talking to her. And she just like, I was like, I felt all fired up. You know, you meet people and you just get fired up. And I was yeah. like, I like her. And then later she gave me her book. And then I'm like, I really like Terry now. <laughs> Terry, welcome to the broadcast. Oh, thank you, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited about here being here and just sharing. I, you know, as I was watching the, the beginning um, keys, living your best life, I love those words, moving forward, all the energy um, that, that's behind that. Thank you so much for having me. So today- well, I appreciate that because- go I'm ahead, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say today- no, I was just going to say thank you. Yes. We have a little bit of lag in here. You go ahead and then I'll follow you. No, no, no. Listen, y'all, she is an author. She is a, a teacher of the word of God, and she is very passionate about what she does. She's written a book already that we're going to talk about today, but she also has another book coming out uh, towards the end of next month, but we'll let you know exactly the date. But we just want to encourage you to share this out with your friends and family. If you're watching this on social media, if you are watching this on any other platform, Form, uh, there might be a time where she might say something to you and you need to pause, rewind and listen to it again. So, Terry, take it away, girlfriend. OK, thank you, Maggie. Um, today, I'm going to just share a little bit. Um, I could share in so many places. Um, the, my first book was God Wants to Prosper You. And I love this book because this is who I am. It's where I fell in love with the Lord. You know, I didn't always love Jesus. I mean, Maggie, I, I loved my life. I now have my best life because really your best life is when it is founded. Your foundation is in Jesus Christ. Well, at the time that I thought I was living my best life, living in the world, I did not have any desire to know Jesus. I didn't. I loved I loved right where I was. It was I, I, I. If you notice the I keeps popping up in that. And it was about, oh, I would say 12 years ago, I was an interior designer, a home builder, uh, very good at with my gifts. The, uh, you know, God gives us all our gifts and it's up to us how we use them, how we serve him or ourselves or others. And their the gifts are near calls are irrevocable. And so I was operating very well in my gifts, helping people beautify their temples and their homes and a very outwardly focused. And then one day the Lord had a divine appointment. Praise God for that time because he brought me to a place through a subdivision. I bought 55 acres. I share a little bit about that in this book where I bought 55 acres. And it was during this time that I could not figure it out anymore. The Lord allowed the pressure to be strong on me. And it really it brought me to my knees. And I say, I say to my knees, Really, Maggie, I think it brought me to my nose, like literally face down on the ground before the Lord. I give you win. I don't have the answers anymore. And so it was through this process that I started really falling in love with the Lord. And what I did is I, I said, OK, great. Um, see, I knew I knew there was a God. I believed in God because I grew up in church. I was very well church, had a lot of word hidden in my heart. Um, but I was kind of raised with a little bit of religion background or religious spirit. And so I really could not live up to that. So therefore I just lived how I wanted. So I think I knew Jesus as my savior, but I did not know him as my Lord, nor did I really want to. I didn't even know that there was a, such a thing. So many of the people that I did life with grew up with the way I was raised is you just need to profess the name of Jesus so you can slide into heaven. And so I thought I had my ticket into heaven. 
and I was living my life, but God has so much more for each of us. It's, now he is my Lord. He lords over my life. And it was through this process, you know, Romans 5, 3 says, count it as all joy when you walk through trials because it creates, the King James says, an experience with him. Okay, so it was through this experience of this property that I had purchased, which was kind of a no brainer for me in a lot of ways because I was used to doing that. But this one particular time, nothing, everything my hand touches was not prospering. Everything I tried to do was not working. And so it was in this process that I learned to bow my knee and start to trust, rely and depend on Christ. Mm -hmm. The first thing I did. And so when people say, well, how do I even know Jesus? How do I get to know Jesus? What what does that look like? You know, where do I start with that? So I can tell you how I started and the word of God. So I marched into the kitchen. I said, OK, fine. I'm going to give you the first 30 minutes of my day, which as a single mom, that was a big deal because I had to do carpool and it was 30 minutes to my son's school and 30 minutes back home. So I was, you know, getting my coffee with my sassy little self. Praise God that he doesn't treat us, that he has mercy for us because I, I just would stomp in there and say, oh, fine, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to go ahead and read the Bible and give you the first part of my day. And I would read the Bible and I would think, I do not have a clue what this means. I don't know what I just read. And so first thing I would do is I would tell you, if you're in that situation, get a, a Bible that has a good commentary. So commentary is just what men's comments are. And they comment on what the scripture mean. And preferably, you know, I don't want you to get overwhelmed if this is new to you. I would read out of two Bibles or I would listen to a good Bible based pastor or, or Bible teacher. And then I would look those scriptures up. And so little by little, the word Jesus is the word. So as I'm reading it, the author, Jesus himself started to come alive in my life. And so here's the first example of that. Within two weeks of reading the word Bible, Jesus sitting down and having fellowship with him, even though I stomped my foot, he's so loving. I get a phone call from my neighbor right across the street and she says, Terry, I can drive. Our, my son goes to school with Kendall. And I said, oh, I didn't even know she had a son. And I said, oh, is that right? She goes, yeah. She goes, I can drive him in the mornings. And I said, oh, my goodness, that would be amazing. I said, well, carpool. And she goes, oh, no. She said, I work right next door. She goes, I'll drive him every morning. So I hung up the phone and the Lord said, you gave me 30 minutes and I gave you an hour. So he started multiplying my time. He started setting me up. He started teaching me to speak the word and watch his word come to pass. He started to give me wisdom, impart wisdom through those pages, the logos word. The, the Bible is the written or logos word for everyone. But then when you sit with him, then he might drop something into your spirit, which is revelation or rhema or a light bulb goes off. You like you get like, oh, my gosh, I just got something. And, you know, my daughter says it this way. She says, you know, mom, I know when the Lord speaks to me because it's often a thought that I didn't think of. And I said, that is so good. It's like you just get this thought and you're like, where did that come from? And it's always lines up with the word. OK, so the revelation then starts to to be imparted. And so then you see in the quietness of the secret place where you're praying and oh, I'm going to just back up. I wasn't even praying. Praying has more of a I was, you know, sitting before the Lord and conversing with him. But no, I was crying. I was stomping my feet. I was not sure what this was going to look like. I needed some help. And during this process, 
he would show me a scripture, like read, Jer say Jeremiah 33, three out loud. So I started prophesying that. Thank you, God, that even though I didn't see it yet, his word goes forth. And I would say, thank you. Thank you, Father, that you give me secrets that are fenced in and hidden. And I would say that for months. And then all of a sudden I would get a secret that was fenced in and hidden, something that no man could have told me. And then I would say, oh, you set me up. Lord, you set me up. He starts moving. You start to see what they call his hand in your life. You see his hand in your life and nobody could talk you out of it. Then all of a sudden you're like, I don't care if anybody believes there's a God or not. I personally now know him. And so I share that in this book. I share how I went from, you know, I, why me? Why me, Lord? Why is everything after me? Why did you do this to me? Outwardly focused to God, allowing God to change my heart, direct my, my face, my heart towards him start living in his ways. And one of the, one of the things that I, I want to camp on today, there's so many things like, you know, when, when I thought about what are the keys to your best life when you walk with Christ, what are those keys? I mean, there's hundreds of, of them and they're all in scripture, but some of the ones that just come right all right out of my spirit would be surrender. Okay, surrender. You know, I used to sing that song, Maggie, in church. I grew up in a like an old-fashioned little country church, and they would sing, I surrender all. I'm not going to sing it for y'all, so y'all. <laughs> but I would sing, I surrender all, and I had no idea what that meant until today. I now know that I have surrendered all. 99% of it I laid down because he's such a gracious God. He's, he's not going to rip things out of your hand, make you do things. He lovingly taps your heart and you get to choose. There are a couple of things that he's taken because he knows it's for my best. And now I have a trust walk. So I would say surrender is probably the first word that comes up. If you want to, if you're listening today and you're thinking, I'm not getting this God thing. I'm not seeing the fruit. John talks about that, that you will bear much good fruit. So my father will be glorified. If you're not seeing fruit in an area of your life, I would encourage you have you surrendered that? Is there resistance in that area? Because if you give that area to God, if you lift that area up to God, for me, it was my finances. He speaks to you how you listen. And it was my finances because I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily listen to him in other areas. I mean, I was a single mom and my life was actually pretty good. I had a housekeeper. Uh, we could travel, do what I wanted. My business was prospering. I had great friends. I have great parents. I mean, my life, my life was supposedly good, but it wasn't very good. It wasn't good in God's kingdom. It was in the world, what I call out in the world. And when you start really falling in love with Jesus, you start realizing that this world, but is a blink of an eye. And when he says it's going to perish and it's going to be gone, but not if you live in God's kingdom, if you live in God's kingdom, it's heaven on earth this day, this day today, you don't have to wait until you get to heaven because his will came into effect when he died. Just like a, he was a human man who came and made a new testament and a new will. And it came into effect when he died. And when he rose again and is seated, Jesus is seated with our father. And we're seated with him because it says though we died and are hidden in him and went and spiritually we we're already there. Now, that's only if you're born again. And that's I'm talking from that place. But if you're not born again, if you don't know Jesus, all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. 
that he died and rose again and make him your savior. Just say, Jesus, come live in my heart. The Holy Spirit is deposited in your heart. And by faith, you are now born again of the spirit. So you were born of the flesh and then you were reborn of the spirit. So that brings me to the second thing. The way we do everything in God's kingdom is we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. Now, the name it, claim it, um, religious spirit has ruined that for the body of Christ. And I'm here to tell you, I want to say it so loud and clear that God wants to prosper you in every area of your life, including money. OK, including money, because you can't build his kingdom. You can't be a blessing if you don't have money. But it's not just money. OK, it's everything you need through Christ Jesus. If you need wisdom, he's wisdom. If you need help learning why your relationships are broken, he will be your teacher. He says, I'm your teacher. If you're in mourning because maybe your life is a hot mess like mine was, when I look back, I realize it might have looked like I was doing good on the outside, but the inside I was spiritually broken. He is the redeemer, the restorer, the resurrector, the giver of life. Every good, good gift comes from him. It comes from the father through Jesus to us, through us and back to him, to us to be a blessing first, first to us, to bless us, through us to bless others and then back to glorify him. And so I want to camp a little bit on that one piece, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Okay, that's how you're saved. That's how you have salvation, how you go to heaven. You receive the blood of Jesus, what he bought on the cross. It's yours by faith. The just, that's the ones that are reborn, the justified shall live by faith and only faith. It's impossible to please God unless you have faith. And so if you live by faith, then we, faith in Hebrews says that it's the evidence of things that you cannot see yet. And in Romans, God said, do like I do. Call things that are not as though they already were. So that's the name and claim it that got broke, that got damaged. Because I can just tell you this. If you name and claim, oh, I think I want a Lamborghini. Well, I'm not saying you may not can have one. But I can tell you, if you're not tested with your finances, if you're not walking in your life in order, God's not going to bless you with that because it's out of order. The same thing with, let's say you want a greater job. God, God can get you to a greater job. But there's always test to your prayers to your vision or where he's taking you to. God moves from glory to glory. And he loves you so much that he will not let you move to the next step if you can't handle it and steward it well. In fact, that's the chapter. The last chapter of my book is called Steward Well of my new book. My new book is called What Jesus Bought at the Cross. And it comes out, as she was saying, Maggie was sharing earlier, probably the end of February, by the end of February. But stewardship is so important with the Lord. When you can be trusted with what's in your hand, it does not have to be much. In fact, God loves it if it's very little because he gets the glory because when he grows it and multiplies it, it's immeasurably more than you could ever do or even imagine. And so when you start, you show him, oh, thank you, Father. I lift up what's in my hand to you and I ask you to bless it. And you take it back just like the loaves and fishes. And as he gives it back to you and you step out, like he told Joshua and you take your territory. In fact, Luke 19 is a big word right now. Occupy until I return. Don't just sit at home and watch the news and say, I can't wait till Jesus comes and gets me because you're going to miss out on some of the biggest, most exciting parts of building God's kingdom, which are the rewards that we, you know, we just talked about you go to heaven by believing and confessing. So you're in. That's the gift he gives you. 
That's the first judgment. But the second judgment is when he judges our rewards, the works that we've done for him. The first one he gives us and the second is what we get to give him. It's our works. And there again, religion has meshed. You get to heaven by works. You do not get to heaven by works. You get to heaven by faith in the name of Jesus, the Savior. But you do get rewarded and you get the opportunity to work and build his kingdom. And his, it says in Revelation 22, one of the last things he said was, I'm coming soon. Don't focus on that because I'm coming with great rewards. And I'm going to give them to you according to the works you did. So this is kind of where I'm at. This is probably my, where I want to just like, don't miss this part with a mega. Don't miss the best part. You may be going to heaven and that, um, thank you, Father. That is enough. But I want to be a kingdom builder. I want to, or to stand in front of him and receive the rewards that we will cast at his feet. Thank you for the opportunity that you would use me to help be a part of the body, just a little part of the body to build his kingdom because when he gets that glorious church, then he is coming back, but it's like, Hey, wait, don't miss the works. Don't miss the part that I need you to help me with. And so back to the mm. believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. This is probably, I share this in my book um, over and over. I teach about how powerful the word is and I've got it marked. Cause I want to just, I want to show you like, if you get this right here, it's the word that changes your life. It's the word and the Holy Spirit, which is in you if you're a believer. That's what transforms your life. Certainly, can you do disciplined works? Absolutely. But it's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And when you apply his word with the power of his spirit, it's a multiplication that happens that cannot happen in your natural. It only happens when he puts his super to your natural. It's when you become one with him and you abide and you work with him and you listen and you obey him. And so the word, I'm going to just tell you, I have all that in here. Okay. And it's all in scripture, but I've put it in one place. So this is how powerful the word is and why you want to say what God says. Number one, it comes in, when you say what God says, it becomes a two-edged sword. It says in his word that, that when you speak his word, it goes forth. You have to say it, not think it. You think it first and then you say it. It goes forth and you speak it forth and it goes forth like a two-edged sword. That sword has two mouths. One when he spoke it and the second when you speak his word, it becomes double-edged. That diatmos is two mouths. Okay, so that's why you don't think it. You don't just hope it. You say it. You say it. You speak it forth. And then it says it will not return void for what it was sent forth to do. And then in Jeremiah, it says that I, God myself, I look to my word to perform it. And then it says in Psalms, ministering angels, they are ministering spirits to help the righteous, the beloved to help us in our works here on earth. And they hearken to the word of God. So when you say what God says, they said, oh, she just said what God says, go hearken to make that word happen. The word is alive. It's a seed and it gets deposited. When you say it, you are actually planting it in your heart, which is the soil. Okay. That's in Matthew. That's the parable of the seed. So it's in all four of the um, gospels. When you plant the word in your heart or plant it in someone else's heart, it takes root and it brings a harvest. Okay. Because why, why does that happen? Just like you plant a seed in the ground. Okay. So the heart is like a womb. It's the soil you plant it. And then it, the seed is, it's alive and it's active and it 
has everything inside of it, it says it's incorruptible inside of itself to create and come back as a harvest. So see, you're not even really doing the work other than being obedient to say it and speak it. And God will say all through scripture, he'll say, tell me what you want. I already know before you ask, but say it anyway. It's Mark 11, 23 says, when you believe it, remember this is when, this is the confession of Jesus. When you hear it is in scripture, when you believe what you say, and it goes, I think Mark 11, 23 through 25. If you believe it, when you say it, you will get what you say. Now, believe it when you say it means that you are speaking it by faith, even though you don't see it and you are not casting doubt. Hebrews 10, 35 says, do not cast doubt on what you're believing for because it has great recompense of reward. And then I want to remind you, if you're thinking, okay, I planted the seed and then you water it and you water it with the word of God. You water it with your prayers. If you pray in a prayer language, rivers of living water will come out of your mouth. That's your will. It says in Psalms, one place that's a will in your innermost being, your spirit, your heart, man. That is how you water the seed with faith. And you believe it until you see it. Galatians tells you that if you believe it and you do not grow weary in due season, you will have what you say. So if you're thinking, so how do I know how to get a word or a seed? Well, first of all, you can read it in the Bible because it's a Logos word. But what I recommend is I take that word and I say, Lord, this is what I want to believe for. So let's say if you're barren, you find a, a scripture that says you can have kids. Let's say if you don't feel hopeful and you're feeling hopeless, then you, uh, the first scripture that comes to mind is Jeremiah 29, 11, that I, I have plans for you to give you hope and a future. And so you could say to the Lord, we're not going by feelings. The just shall be, by, they live by faith, not by what they feel. And so you might feel hopeless, but you don't, you say, Lord, I'm going to give you this hopelessness and I'm going to take, I'm going to take that thought captive and line it up with the truth of the word. And the word says that you have a plan for me and it's to give me hope in you and a future. And so Lord, I'm going to lift this up to you and I'm going to believe your word. And so you ask him, you say, Lord, can you minister this word? Can you give me a revelatory word? That's just for me. And he will, he'll show you, he'll, he'll give you a, a Bible verse, a call from a friend. He speaks to you how you listen. He will speak to you how you listen. My daughter says that he speaks to her in music. He speaks to my husband in music. He speaks to me through, it's not audible, but it's, sometimes it's close to it. It's like a, a thought that I just hear so clear. He speaks to you how you listen. And so ask him for a revelatory word, because if you get a word from the Lord, he is faithful. He is faithful to perform it as long as you don't cast out or uproot it or start speaking against it. So if there's an area of your life that maybe isn't working, like we talked about earlier, find a word seed and start prophesying, speaking that seed. Even if you can't see it, get a vision, close your eyes, ask the Lord. He said, I will pour out my spirit in dreams and visions, ask him to give you a dream or a vision or a picture or, or a confirmation. And all of a sudden you'll be somewhere and you'll see a billboard with that Bible verse, or you'll open your Bible to that page or he will do it. However he does it. But this is what I know. You will know he has spoken to you. He has spoken. And so pray the word. That's what I call praying the word. As you pray what he says, you yeah. say what he says. Um, 
a lot of times if there's another area, because you know, my heart is, I want to see you have these keys and not just collect them in a notebook. But I love her ministry, Maggie, your ministry is moving forward, moving forward. You don't just get the keys to collect. He's given us the keys of the kingdom. They're right there for us. But if you don't take the key and unlock the door, take action, make the call, make the resume out, go submit for the job, whatever he's telling you, go to the gym. If he's telling you physical, you know, whatever he's doing in you, it is up to us to take the action because faith without work, keys without using them will not bring forth what God is trying to get into your life. It will not move you forward into your promised land. The key, you need the key and then you need to do it. You need to activate the key. So that is my biggest heart here. And so is another area. Sewing, um, it's not just speaking the word. That's one way to sow, sow the word. But there's other ways. Maybe you need to sow a money seed into something. Maybe you need to sow a time seed. If you need more time, like I gave God my 30 minutes and he gave me an hour. Um, if you don't have much time, I know this is opposite of the world, does it? But if it's something that's in lack, you want to sow into that area. Ask the Lord to show Amen. you. Ask him to show you. Amen. And Girl, then be listen, y'all. You see, she's a Bible teacher here. <laughs> Go in. We got a few minutes left. You know, the last one I want to camp on, and of course, this one's the one that turns everybody off unless you're already walking with the Lord and you just really know him. But I don't want you to be scared of this word. And if you already know this word, then I say, ask the Lord to show you where this piece is missing. Y'all, it's obedience. Obedience is key. It is key. Um, you know, I say love, love is the master key. The Lord told me one time, but obedience is the key that unlocks. Okay. Um, he's going to test you and it's going to be a little thing. It's going to test you in a little thing. And don't worry if you miss messed up, you won't get another test. Okay. But obedience is key to moving up the corporate ladder in the kingdom of God. Okay. If he tells you to do something, do it. I'm telling you, it will be so worth it. If there's something that you're struggling with because you think, you know, for the longest, I didn't want to get off the fence because I felt like I would have to give up things in my, in my life that I enjoyed. Okay. I, and I just didn't think that serving the Lord would be fun. I didn't think that I would like it. I didn't, I wasn't in love with him. It Here's the key. Here's how, here is how you become obedient. It says in John, it says, if you love me, you will obey me. And so if you're struggling with this, then just fall in love with Jesus by reading his word. Say, Jesus, help me fall in love with you the way you love me. Help me, help me get there because he knows where you are. And if you fall in love with Jesus, you will desire to obey him. You will desire to walk in God's ways. As Psalm says, it says, teach me your ways, O God, that I should walk in them. Well, you will desire for him to teach you his ways because you know his ways take you to higher places. His ways store up eternal treasure. His ways will unlock things over your bloodline like you have never seen. The blessing of the Lord will start to overtake your children. You will see the prayers because the prayers of the righteous start to be answered immediately. The minute you pray them, the more upright you walk. And that means right standing, being obedient unto the Lord. You will know, oh my gosh, Lord, let me do this. Let me make that call. Let me sow into this. Let me give her some money. Let me buy her lunch. Let me take this person and sit with them and visit with them. Let me keep these babies. Whatever it is he's telling you to do, he's trying to set you up for where he's taking you to. And I can promise you this. I know that I know that I know. And if you don't know yet, it is good. 
It is very good. It is way better than anything. And I was, I did a lot of the world and I've served the Lord for the last 15 years where, when I tell you everything in my life is surrendered, if it's not surrendered, it's because I don't know it yet. So I'm just saying, I'm testifying to you that if you will fall in love with Jesus, just read the word when it doesn't make sense. I promise you the day you want to give up, just know you just got a few more days, one more walk around, one more walk, one more day. And he's going to show up because he presses you. He presses. One day he told me, he said, I just want, want to show me what you're made of. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure this, that I was doing that, Lord. I thought that I was doing that. And when, when that place comes up, when you're thinking, I don't think I can press in anymore, Lord. He's like, oh, I know you more than you know you. I created you. And you just press a little longer and watch what I do. The goddess suddenly will show up. Amen. Amen. My goodness, Terry. Listen, you guys, you see why I was fired up after I had coffee with her? It was early in the morning and I was like, glory to God. <laughs> but you know what? I'll tell you, I appreciate you so much, Terry. And you guys can find her information in the show notes, but we're out of time. And I just, I love hearing your heart. She is definitely uh, loves the Lord and is passionate about it. And listen, if you guys fall in love with Jesus, you will fall out of the love with the world. Amen. Go back, read the scriptures time with him. Terry, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Maggie. It was a, a pleasure. God bless you guys. And we're out of time, but we will see you here next time on Keys to Your Best Life. Be watching for Terry's new book and you will get fired up too. See you next time. God bless.